Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity entitled, Why Immune Checkpoint Inhibitors Have Revolutionized Cancer Care, is provided by Prova Education. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Immune checkpoint inhibitors have improved the prognosis for patients with many different types of cancer. Are you up to date on the guidelines regarding biomarkers so that you can optimize clinical outcomes for your patients? This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Patrick Ford. I am Dr. Jesus Garcia Fancillas. To start things off, Dr. Garcia Fancillas, why have immune checkpoint inhibitors been successful across multiple tumor types? So thank you, Patrick. So breakthrough had been made in the field of cancer immunotherapy, improving survival of cancer cases. And we have different options in immunotherapy, but maybe the most clear approach should be based in immunotechnology inhibitors represented by PD-1, PD-1 inhibitors. That means that we have an option in a variety of different solid tumors. So obviously, Beside anti-tumor immunotherapeutics at multiple targets and mechanisms, we have some new options like LAC3 or CD3 immunomodulators. However, so despite the successful application of all these different immunotherapy in a wide range of human cancer, so their efficacy remains limited and variables. And very few patients with advanced cancer have been experienced durable survival. And it means that we have a complex and, and highly regulated nature of the immune systems. So we need to, to pay attention to the tumor immune microenvironment because it's something like a complex system. And we need to identify the potential biomarkers to identify the patient that can respond much better to immunotherapy. And in this way, we are currently using for identifying these patients. First of all, microsatellite instability that can be used to describe a phenotype of mismatch repair genes. It means an impairment in replication power. And you know that tumor can be classified as MSI high, low, are stable. And the most important, MSI high tumor may indicate a better response to checkpoint inhibitors. So we are using as well TMB. It's another pretty biomarker based on the hypothesis that higher level mutations will result in higher level immunogenic tumor antigens. So obviously we have two potential biomarkers in this way. And, and as well, PDL1 expressions. It's true that in a variety of tumors have demonstrated a positive correlation between PDL1 expressions and response to immunotechnology inhibitors and a good correlation with overall survival, even in first line combination therapy. So you know that we have, for instance, some ICA like pembrolizumab currently approved in patients with PDL1 expressions with level equal or greater to 50% of tumor cells in first-line treatment and equal or greater of 1% in second-line treatment in non-small cell lung cancer. Now, antigen load, it means the number of mutations targeted by T-cells and may be related to the response to immunotechnology inhibitors. And much more recently, obviously from translational research, we are using gene expressions 
And it means that, by, that we can use something like an inflammation signature of the tumor microenvironment for predicting the patients that can respond much better to immuno-oncology. I think that's an excellent summary, Dr. Garcia Fancias, and I think it highlights the complexity of the current situation in the clinic and, and what we have coming down the line in terms of novel biomarkers, which are not yet in routine practice, but may in the coming years. So I think we have a potential predictive markers there, which we can work together to integrate into our clinical practice. For those just tuning in, you're listening to CME and ReachMD. I'm Dr. Patrick Ford, and here with me today is Dr. Jesus Garcia Foncias, and we're discussing how immune checkpoint inhibitors have revolutionized cancer care. Now that we understand what's behind the success of immunocheckpoint inhibitors across multiple tumor types, how do we incorporate proper testing before treatment, Dr. Ford? Well, we've heard from Dr. Garcia Foncias in terms of the efficacy of immune checkpoint inhibitors across multiple tumor types. And I think what this is, has moved us as oncologists in the last 10 years has been um, the complexity of workup for patients with newly diagnosed cancer has become increasingly an issue. The baseline test, which we need for many tumor types now, is PDL1 immunohistochemistry. This is a relatively straightforward test. It's, it's integral, for example, into the care of lung cancer patients, uh, patients with bladder cancer, and other tumor types. And this can help predict whether a, a particular tumor will respond to either single-agent immunotherapy or combination therapy. However, it's more complex than that. Certain tumor types, testing for specific targetable mutations is recommended. For example, in lung cancer, the NCCN guidelines here in the United States recommend that patients have broad-based next-generation sequencing, including all targetable alterations, which at the moment in the U.S. includes seven approved drugs for, uh, for targeted therapy for lung cancer. In terms of how do we actually test for these mutations? Well, as I said, the NCCN recommends broad-based next-generation sequencing as opposed to doing single-gene tests, for example, for EGF4, for ALK, for ROS1. There are pros and cons of this. Broad-based testing um, uses more tissue, so in general, biopsies need to be more copious and core biopsies are preferred. It's also generally more expensive than doing individual tests. However, it provides a wealth of other information in, in terms of both tumor mutational burden, which can help predict response to immunotherapy, and also um, other uh, mutations which are not directly targetable, uh, but can predict sensitivity or lack of sensitivity uh, to immunotherapy. And here I'm thinking of things like STK11 mutations or KEEP1 mutations, which have been associated with, with lack of sensitivity to immunotherapy. There is also the issue more broadly of how we sequence testing in early stage disease. So as immunotherapy moves into the treatment paradigm for, uh, for resectable cancers, we may need to do this uh, next generation sequencing uh, testing. For example, much of the immunotherapy approvals we have seen recently in the US and recommended by the NCCN have excluded patients who have EGFR alterations. So we need to test for that upfront now in lung cancer in the US. I would also ask Dr. Garcia Foncias for the international perspective in terms of testing for, for mutations over in Europe and worldwide. So thank you, Patrick. So obviously in Europe, we are uh, looking for the patient that can respond much better to immunotherapy. And most frequently, we are using a macrosatellite instability because we can classify the tumor as MSI high 
low or stable tumors. And as well, uh, more uh, frequently, we are using in some tumor types, tumor mutational boring, and not predicted by a marker based on the hypothesis that higher level mutations could identify higher levels of immunogenic tumor antigens. So it means a potential biomarker to predict the patient that can respond as well. You know that we are using as well pdl one expressions. So we have controversial results about it because we have a good correlations uh, between pdl one expression and response to immunocheckpoint inhibitors and a good correlation even with over-survival in some tumor types. However, uh, we have as well PDL1 negative patients that can still benefit with treatment with immunocheckpoint inhibitors. And even in these subset of patients, the objective response rate ranges from roughly 10% to 20%. And, and as well, uh, we are using, um, in some countries, uh, new antigen low. Obviously, it's much more from translational resorts, but it could be a potential uh, biomarker that can identify patients with better response to immunocheckpoint inhibitors. So obviously, we need good biomarkers able to predict the patients with better response to immunology. Well, this has certainly been a fascinating conversation. But before we wrap up, Dr. Garcia Fonsias, can you share your one take-home message with our audience? Absolutely. So immunology therapy has opened a new portal in anti-tumor therapy with sustained response and significant survival advantages. So across different multiple tumors. However, most patients do not benefit. And we need clearly to define the patients that can benefit much more for this approach. This is our exciting challenge for providing a much higher benefit to our cancer patients. Yeah, an excellent message. And I think I, I, think I would add to that, that as oncologists, it behooves us to work closely with our multidisciplinary colleagues when we're considering the workup of patients with newly diagnosed lung cancer, in particular pathology, pulmonary doctors, and also surgeons as we move into early stage disease in terms of, of optimizing immunotherapy for our patients' care. So unfortunately, yeah, that's all the time we have today. So I want to thank our audience for listening in and to thank Dr. Garcia Fonsias for joining me and for sharing all of your valuable insights. It was great speaking with you today. Currently, thank you and goodbye. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash innovations in oncology. Thank you for listening.